0: morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House this morning for worship. We're starting today and for the next three Sundays, we're going to look at aspects of giving and uh, bring truths to God's people. We want to grow in the grace of giving. As we want to grow in prayer, as we want to grow in godliness in general, this is an area too that we want to grow in. Order of service is found in your worship folder or on screen. At this time, we're going to begin with our junior choir and uh, joining with the congregation, Hymn 757. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all of your sin. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's removed your guilt forever. You're his own, dear child. May God give us all now strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Jesus, by your precious blood, you have redeemed us to be your own. Set our hearts on secure treasures in heaven that cannot be stolen or destroyed. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. First lesson this morning from Malachi chapter 1. You know, God throughout this lesson has to remind the people He deserves it. He's worthy of it to bring their offerings generously to him. We read, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I'm a father, where's the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations. Says the Lord Almighty, this is the word of our Lord. We continue with our psalm of the day, Psalm 62. second lesson this morning is from 2 Corinthians 8, and this serves as a basis for the sermon. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. This is the word of our Lord. We sing the verse of the day. stand for the gospel. Jesus' words this morning are from Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn of the day, 421. name of him who is and who was and who is to come, fellow believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. To a number of people, today's sermon, the sermon you are about to hear, is a great scandal. To a lot of people, when the church talks about wealth and money, they think that's all the church talks about. And it feeds some contrarian sinful nature type attitude within them that just breeds negativity. But the Bible does talk about money. Which means God does. People still abuse wealth every single day which means even according to the seventh commandment it needs to be addressed. And the third thing is a third of what Jesus says from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually has to do with material possessions. Which means it really would be a great scandal if we didn't talk about these issues and if your pastors didn't preach about this. The Apostle Paul talks about it. Talks about it in our lesson for this morning. And in doing so, I want you to see the tremendous way he does talk about these issues he doesn't begin by saying you know halfway around the world there are there are some really needy people and and show us pictures of 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 people in their distress and he, he doesn't do that even though that's actually the goal of the effort he was going around on that missionary journey it would help famine the people that were widows in a famine in the israel area the Apostle Paul doesn't lay out some kind of pitch for $30 a month for the, cup of, for the price of a cup of coffee a day. You can support this to the Corinthian congregation, a, a congregation that needed to grow in the grace of giving. The Apostle Paul went straight to the top. He laid out for them the great scandal that took place In a way, right before their very eyes. And it's in the first verse of our lesson. When he wrote, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. He started with grace. It's as if he's saying, Hey, believers in Corinth, I can't hold back from sharing with you this incredible story that took place just in northern Greece with a number of churches, likely Philippi and and Thessalonica and some of the other churches that were up there. You have to hear about what happened. A most tremendous scandal. Here there were a bunch of sinners up there that didn't deserve anything from God. Here there were people that were objects of wrath. They were enemies of God himself. They were people who, when they died, they deserved not to pass go, they deserved to go straight to hell and have their eternity there forever. And God graced them. Do you know what grace is? I mean, we have our textbook answer for what grace is. It's unconditional love from God. It's undeserved love. It's a free love of choice from God. All of that ties in. Sure. Sure. But I think one of the best pictures is it's God opening wide his heart for people to see, for those churches in northern Greece to see. God showed and demonstrated his heart for them that he would do this for free for sinners who didn't deserve it. And that grace changed them from being objects of wrath to being children of God. It changed their eternal future from having the doors to eternal life closed to having the doors of heaven opened right before their eyes. And he did it. He did it by showing them the grace that was rolled out to them and the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's an incredible grace. And it's a grace that's gone on and been proclaimed down through the ages from those Greek congregations down even to this one. The tremendous heart of God has been opened up and poured out on this congregation so that, you know what, dear brothers and sisters at St. Paul's and, and dear visitors that have gathered here today, and I said this in the first service, the one they record, but dear people who watch the live stream and the recording later, It's this grace of God that does the exact same for you. It's this grace of God through the message about Jesus Christ that brings you and makes you dear to God. It makes you children of God. It makes you heirs of eternal life so that you know exactly in Jesus Christ what your future is because of your triune God. It was an incredible miracle that those Macedonian Greek churches just took so to heart and they acted. The Apostle Paul on that missionary journey, when he went to those churches, he noticed something very particular about their physical situation as well as their financial one. Regarding their physical situation, he gives you a descriptor. He says they were under what? Very difficult trials. Notice he didn't just say trial. Notice he didn't just say it, He said, very. All of these things piled up. What's he referring to? Likely they were being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. They were being persecuted for their practice of Christianity. And so imagine if that's taking a physical toll on their bodies. They're going to have medical bills. And maybe even if they're enduring physical abuse and they don't have much wealth, they're not even able to go to the hospital. So imagine what their bodies would have looked like if they're enduring great trials and they can't go get it taken care of, medically speaking. And and that's not it. They didn't just have very severe trial. He tacks on another thing about their financial situation. He says they were in, what, extreme poverty? That, that, That word extreme is a fascinating Greek word. It comes across better, I think, if we use this word instead. Bottomless. Bottomless poverty. There was no end on the bottom. It just kept going down and down and down. And the word poverty means they were as poor as a beggar. Their poverty bottomless was as bad as it gets. It's so bad that as the Apostle Paul went there and and shared the gospel with them, it looks like he was going to hold back. He wasn't even going to tell them about the needy widows over in Jerusalem that were struggling from a famine and had very little to eat over there. He wasn't going to tell them because they had their own problems to deal with themselves. And it looks like based on a deeper study of this that Had they raised this issue with them, had they found out about it themselves, it looks like the Apostle Paul even would have discouraged them from contributing to this. No, you guys, just just take care of yourselves. And then it says in our lesson, and all on their own, or all by themselves. Which means spontaneously, fed by God's grace. This welled up in them, all, all by the Spirit's work, all by themselves, and freely, which means there was no guilt, there was no force, there was no prodding, the Apostle Paul didn't hammer away at them, they did this on their own, and then... Another Greek word in this section means they came together as one. And we're talking about several churches here. They united together with one mind to go forward together in this, which means this wasn't going to be some pie-in-the-sky type of situation. It wasn't, you know, Apostle Paul, we're going to get our our groups together and we're going to meet on this for the next couple months and we're going to talk about it and and we'll 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 just see what happens. It wasn't something of, you know, we hope to be able to help, but please, when you go back to that Israel-Jerusalem area, please just tell those people, we wish them well, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh no, they were going to act and make sure they saw this through. And it says that in the next line. They urgently pleaded to partner with this privilege. (laughs) Talking about money to those Greek congregations in the north? Uh, This was not a scandalous matter whatsoever. This was a privilege. This was an honor. This was a joy. They loved this kind of talk. And by saying they urgently pleaded... They begged, Paul, don't leave us out of this. (laughs) Don't look down on us for the situation that's going on around our, our congregations. We beg you to back down. We beg you to let us contribute to this. We want to do this. Please let us. In a general way, when I look around at our society around where we live right now. I, I, I don't think we're in bottomless poverty whatsoever. I, I, honestly, I don't think we're anywhere close to bottomless poverty. And, and as a little illustration, it was just striking as I was writing this sermon on Wednesday and I was almost right at this section of the sermon, an email alert popped up on my phone saying, another government deposit has been placed in your checking account. You know, the Lord has poured out his grace on, on us in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That we know whose we are. We know we belong to the Lord. We know our future in Christ and heaven is ours. But he's done way more than that. He's poured out so many blessings on us. All those kind of side tangential blessings. That I wonder if those Macedonian churches, Christian churches, were to look at us in our society today. I think their eyes would pop out of their head at our overabundant, almost extreme, the opposite direction, blessings. And when I say this, and in a sermon, I'm not guilting you whatsoever. Don't feel bad for being so blessed by God. That's a tremendous thing. Praise the Lord for the things that he's given us. Thanks be to God for all of this. But then as a pastor, it leads me to lead you to say, maybe we ought to look then a little more closer at these Macedonian churches. Let's look a little more carefully at their example. And when I say that, I I wonder if maybe some red flags go up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This sounds a little scandalous. You're asking us to look at somebody else's financial situation. You know, we used to do that in our congregation. Once a year, we used to publish the total amounts that each giving unit in the congregation gave and we handed that out to the entire congregation, you'd get to see what everybody else in the congregation gave and they'd get to see what you gave. You know what they called those? The scandal sheets. You know what happened? Sinful natures kind of went to work and it became a comparison and contrast kind of game. Some people strove to be the biggest giver other people got looked down upon for what they gave or didn't give i mean it really it it wasn't the grace of giving it was more the guilt of giving and for good reason we stopped doing that so why does the apostle paul then submit to you on the pages of scripture several macedonian congregations to consider their situation It's an invitation for each and every one of us to consider the quality of heart that stood behind the quantity of gift. Boiling that down, it's an opportunity for you to see their heart. In fact, later in this 2 Corinthians book, the Apostle Paul would write that. He would write that to them when he said, I'm ready to visit you for the third time. And I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. You see, talking about money is not a scandal in the church. As long as we do it in line with scripture. You know what the great scandal in the church today is when we don't talk about it. When we're too shy to talk about it. When we're ashamed to talk about it. And when we back down... Because that's when hearts start growing colder and colder and more distant and distant from God. May the Lord never let that happen here and allow us to get into such great and shameful sins in how we deal with our finances. In shaping the Corinthian congregation, he gave them an example from what the Macedonian churches did and this is a practical one for us too. He said, They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. First to the Lord, then to us. That's how they responded to grace. God opened wide his heart and showered them with his love revealed in Jesus Christ. And you know what they did? They responded by demonstrating and and revealing their entire hearts right back to the Lord. In fact, that's what we say in the communion liturgy. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. We lift them up to the Lord. Lord, I want you to see my whole heart. I'm not holding anything back. The whole thing belongs to you. And so that example, given the physical and the financial situation of those churches, as well as the grace of God that was poured out on them, man, did that make a mark on the Apostle Paul. God willing, it made a mark on that Corinthian congregation too that he wrote this to. And God willing, that makes a mark today on your heart, too, by the Spirit's work. There is a need today. There's a tremendous project that we unveiled to the congregation to add on to the facilities and to add on to the pre-K and to do some other things. That was rolled out back in January and February. And then the results were revealed to the congregation in March. And what a blessed thing the Lord did. What a tremendous thing to praise God for. All that the congregation offered. But I think everybody knew as much as that was a wonderful thing, that wasn't going to accomplish the job or allow us to even go forward with it at that point. And so here it is. Right before you. This idea is not some pipe dream. This idea of this project has been vetted by your godly leaders who spent years studying this way before it was ever presented. In fact, they took these words of Scripture to heart. What your godly elected leaders did is they took it first to the Lord. Lord, does this plan line up with Scripture? Is this okay according to your will? Is this what a church, your church, is supposed to be doing? And it did. Lined up. They presented it first to the Lord and then by the will of God, meaning it was in line with God's purposes in Scripture, then they presented it to you. This is a legitimate need and frankly, it's one the Lord has set before us. This is an open door for a time the Lord himself is giving to us to consider in a way just like he gave those Macedonian churches an opportunity to consider. Let's, let's take it forward in the time we have. Let's respond to the grace of God and further it. Let's pour out and continue to pour out the grace of God on this community, on our neighbors, on our congregation and families, and especially on these future generations, these children coming up. I mean this extremely complimentary. I think your children would make fantastic called workers in the Lord. I think the children here would make fantastic pastors and teachers and staff ministers and servants of Christ because there are such wonderful, godly, spiritual, grounded families here. And yet maybe that's not the right vocation for them. Let's pour out the grace of God then on our children who stay in this community and serve the Lord in various jobs and vocations right around here. Let's continue to foster an incredible thing going forward. Let's, by the grace of God, shape husbands and fathers, husbands who love their wives and are faithful to them. Let's shape wives who love their husbands and are faithful to them and support them. Let's shape godly homes and godly citizens going forward. Let's let's do it the same way Paul encouraged the Corinthians to do. It means a congregation who goes first to the Lord and then by the will of God to one another as we unite together freely, spontaneously, shaped by the grace of God. I don't know if you noticed, but in all five of these verses, never once did the Apostle Paul list any financial number whatsoever. Never told you what those Macedonian congregations gave. And neither will I, because frankly, in the context, it's not the important thing. Instead, what he draws out and wants us to see so very clearly is, these congregations, under dire circumstances, under desperate financial need, For the sake of Christ, they showed tremendous heart. By the grace of God, so will we. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This time we bring our offerings forward. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your grace given to sinners in the past and now to us. How incredible is your love that you would send your son Jesus to us. That he would willingly show his heart for us in the way he suffered and died and rose. From your love, Lord, increase ours. Enlarge our hearts that they act and respond as we give ourselves first to you and then to one another. We ask that you would also bless the project we have planned. May all of our planning and giving serve you, and advance your grace to the world. Today we also thank and praise you for Evelyn Sprenger. It's her birthday today, and for 95 years you've been her faithful Lord. Lord, bless our sister on her special day and year ahead. Continue to fill her heart with joy and her days with your blessing. We also now join to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank uh-huh. Please stand. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us, by your Holy Spirit, to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to guests and visitors. So glad you could join us. Please come worship the Lord with us again. A couple of announcements for you. Pastors uh, Bodie and Miller are gone tomorrow and a little bit into Tuesday. There's what's called a symposium, a continuing education event down at our seminary in Mequon. And uh, this year, the subject is on mental health. So, very, very practical with everything that's going on. And I've heard the the papers are really, really well done. If you're interested, those papers are free after the event. We have to pay. go to it and often the one of the best parts is listening to the pastoral discussion that takes place after and there's a lot of good information exchange but the papers themselves will be available uh, online if you're interested that the seminary has an essay file or a website you can you can look there if you'd like Uh, so we're gone half of monday monday afternoon we're gone and then tuesday the first half of the day if you are in bible classes on tuesday night those are still taking place uh, Pastor Bodie this morning was around early in the morning, but then uh, actually he's around right now. But uh, he was guest preaching at Calvary just across town. I like to let people know that in case we're gone just, uh, just for our schedules and that. Then K to 4 had a tournament yesterday. Bethany in Manitowoc hosted it, but it took place at uh, Manitowoc Lutheran. Our grades K through 4 participated and all did very well. So uh, good job, all of you. And then the, the last thing I have today is the Lancer link, and uh, we'll cut right to that.
1: Word is our
2: Greetings from Lutheran High, and welcome to Lancer Link, number 41. A new school year has begun, and our enrollment currently stands at 217. Our school year theme is, We Live to Serve. The theme is based on Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Many of our Lakeshore Lutheran schools are using this theme as well. During this school year, our primary focus will be to serve God above anyone and everything. Secondly, we will focus living a life of service to each other using the gifts God has given to each of us. God has blessed us with a full teaching staff, including three new teachers. Let's get to know one of them right now.
3: Hello. My name is Ryan Hulse. I'm the new Director of Mission Advancement. I grew up in Palouse, Washington, which is a small farming community in eastern Washington. Palouse itself was less than a thousand people while I lived there. I enjoyed the farming community and the majority of my family that lived in the area. I went to high school at Luther Prep School in Watertown, Wisconsin. From there, I went to Martin Luther College, where I met my wife, Erin, who teaches English here at Manitowoc Lutheran High School. I served as a teacher and coach at Holy Trinity Lutheran School in the Seattle area for four years and at St. Croix Lutheran Academy as the athletic director and instructor for 12 years. I've coached football for 12 years as well. My wife and I have three children. Malachi is a 10th grader here at Lutheran High. We also have two children at Emmanuel. Tristan is in 8th grade and Dakota is in 6th. I enjoy watching Washington State Cougar football while working outside in my yard and spending time with my family. We enjoy traveling to new cities and also camping as a family. Oftentimes you can find us traveling to to a variety of locations to watch my daughter dance in her Irish dance competitions. All three of our children enjoy sports and competition so we enjoy many hours watching them participate in a variety of those activities. I am very excited for my new role here at Lutheran High and building relationships with a new group of students.
4: Thank you Mr. Hulse and welcome to the Lancer family. My name is Owen Stelzer, and I am a junior here at Lutheran High. As most of you probably know, we at Lutheran High are working on a capital campaign. The goal of the campaign is to raise enough money to build a new gym along with a chapel. These areas are needed for our continuing ministry that we share with all of you. The picture you see right now is what the building might look like from Waldo Boulevard. The gym would have a main court but could also have smaller games with two courts that would run sideways. The chapel would give us a dedicated worship space for our daily chapel services and also be available to Federation members for gatherings as well. A video update of the entire campaign will be coming out to all congregations very soon. We hope that you will participate in the campaign and support it with the gifts God has given to you. If you are interested in pledging to the campaign and you have not been contacted yet please call the main office at school thank you
2: our school is also blessed to continue the one-to-one laptop program in its fourth year an individual student laptop has been integrated into most of our classes we've also been blessed with twelve TV screens dispersed around the school these screens will display announcements throughout the school day and they will also remind students of upcoming events. Speaking of upcoming events, here are some to mark on your calendars. This year's homecoming is the fourth week of September. The pep rally and bonfire will take place on Wednesday, September 22nd. The homecoming game will be held on Friday, September 24th. Be sure to join us for the fifth quarter at the dugout after the game. The homecoming dance for the students will take place the following night. Grandparents' Day this year will be held on October 5th. If you are interested in attending, please register on the MLHS website. This year's fall concert and showcase is on Sunday, October 24th. The showcase event will start at 2 p.m. and the concert will start at 4 p.m. Our annual fall play will be presented on the first weekend of November. The play for this year is Sense and Sensibility. The Lakeshore Lutheran Children's choral festival is a brand new event that we are trying this year. The date is November 19th. Many of our Lakeshore Lutheran schools will have a choir participating in this festival. The combined choir will number about 250 grade school students, and they will practice during the afternoon. Each choir, along with the Mass Choir, will perform a concert starting at 6.30 p.m. on that Friday night at Lutheran High. Looking forward to December, our Christmas concerts will once again be held at the Capitol Civic Center on Wednesday, December 22nd, and there will again be two concerts. We hope that you can join us for all of these great events in the fall and into the winter. That's all for this edition. Stay tuned for the next video, in December.
0: Then lastly, just a, a little milestone for you guys, and that is this, uh, I know we had our choir, adult choir sing on Easter, but this really is the first time we've had our grade school singing since COVID began. So just, just really neat. It's not just something they do. This is a really neat privilege to have them serve the congregation and lift our hearts to the Lord. So that's all I have. God's blessings to all of you. Please greet one another and have a terrific week. Take care.